0: Chapter 14 A Warm Invitation The summer barbecue opened the floodgates. Besides Adora being a total weirdo by throwing her in the pool, everything felt normal. I mean let's be honest, Adora being a weirdo is also pretty normal. They both took care of Finn, chatted with their mutual friends, and Adora grabbed her a burger when she was getting her and Finn's food. After that successful outing, suddenly, their friends had no qualms about inviting Catra and Adora to the same things, so their social life synchronized again. Honestly, even while living in separate places, Catra had seen Adora more often in the last two months than in the last six leading up to their separation. Playdates with Finn, best friend squad, board game nights, movie watch parties, restaurant outings, karaoke bar shenanigans, the list never stopped growing. It was an endless barrage of events where Catra couldn't help but notice Adora. Adora was present, not checking her work email, laughing at Catra's jokes, dishing back at Catra, listening intently about Catra's work, playing with Finn, flexing. It was all a reminder of how their marriage had been before when they were both friends and lovers. This would only happen to me. It's ridiculous, she thought. When she left Adora, she was sure about getting divorced. Suddenly, the emotional connection she was missing, the thing that drove her to separate from her wife, was available again, but only in the context of friendship. Adora cared but only as a friend. Most of the time, this was fine. But sometimes, she saw Adora walking toward her with a big grin on her face, and Katra simply wanted to. She tried to not think about it too deeply because overall, her life was a lot better than before they separated. Adora was present in her life and in Finn's. The time they spent together with Finn was so much better now, but it did have a downside. Now, she felt even more lonely when she was in her apartment without Finn. It's one of the reasons why she jumped at the opportunity to have lunch with her mom this weekend, meeting at a restaurant halfway between Bright Moon and Taymor. It was a bit of a drive, but mom time was worth it. Katrina arrived ten minutes late, strolling in as if she was early. Typically, Mom can never be on time. She gave her mom a kiss on the cheek. Her mother sat down, removing her sunglasses and placing them on top of her head. She looks Katra up and down, blue eyes shining with mirth. Mija, you don't call your mother, you don't visit. How is my precious baby girl doing? The words sounded rough around the edges, but her mom's smile softened them into a light-hearted tease. Mommy, to te do esta bien. I am literally visiting you right now. She rolled her eyes. Also, I haven't been a baby girl in like twenty years. She pointed out, not for the first time and likely not for the last. Her mom rolled her eyes. No, we met halfway, this isn't a visit. And you'll always be my baby girl, Katra. Deal with it. She picked up the menu, eyeing Katra over the top of it. She looked like she might burst. So. I saw those pictures with your woman on Instagram. Did you finally fix things with Adora? She blurted out the question with deep excitement, practically bouncing in her seat. Mama. No, what are you talking about? Katra shrieked, What pictures? Look here!" Her mom pulled up her phone showing her the incriminating photo. It was on Glimmer's account, of course, it sparkles. She didn't even question when her mom became mutual with Glimmer, that was just her way. It was a picture from the barbecue. There was nothing remarkable about it at first. It was a candid Adora standing off to the side, looking damn fine in her tight shorts, grabbing a burger off the grill, and minding Finn who'd been glued to their mom's side. Catra was on the other side of the barbecue. She remembered that moment. Catra joked about making sure Adora didn't char their burgers, well mostly a joke, Adora wasn't the best cook. It was a running gag between them for most of their lives. The camera caught Adora sending her an overly fond look, while Catra stared back at Adora like she hung the moon. Caught on camera and posted on Instagram, she was doomed. I'm your mother Catra, I know what you look like, especially with Adora. Seeing as I had a front row seat to both of you, two cluelessly dancing around each other for most of your lives. Catra groaned, hiding behind her own menu. I remember when you asked me if it was okay to have a wife, like Adora, instead of a husband when you fought with that one boy over lunch. I knew that it would be a love match then and there. She smirked. Katra made a sound of deep disapproval. I was nine and I didn't know I was gay, that's ridiculous mama. Still, she felt a tug at her heart. It was the same story she told at their wedding. Mama I am not smitten, Adora and I are trying to be friends again. Katra's mother raised her eyebrow and shook her phone in Katra's face, the message obvious. Touché mom. Okay, maybe I like the woman I married. But mama, Adora doesn't want to be together like that, and what we have right now is good." She explained. The waiter dropped a serving of guacamole and chips. Catra lunged for the distraction. Her mom scoffed, she was unmoved by the appetizer. Catra, Mija, you left Adora, not the other way around. Undo it if you want to be with her. She said it the same way she told Katra to pick up her laundry when she was in high school. It's not that simple, you can't just go back, Mom. Katra signed, exasperated. What would her mother know about this? Her mom and dad never fought. Well, obviously don't go back, you were miserable before. Move forward, Mija. She eyed Katra again with a look that could only be described as pity. Two sigus suspirando poor Ella, Corazon." Catra's heart panged at the overly romantic notion. She battled with her own lungs to avoid proving her mother's point. Even if you were right, which I'm not saying that I want to move forward or whatever, Adora doesn't want that. She said softly. Her mom raised both eyebrows as she grabbed a chip. You're trying to tell me Adora Gray, who asked me for my blessing to marry you when she was twenty-one, three years before she proposed, doesn't want to work on your marriage. When she stares at you like that still. The incredulity was rolling off of her in waves. Don't forget I've known Adora since she was barely a foot off the ground. She shook her head at her mother's theatrics. It's just a picture, Mom. She told me that we weren't getting back together. Adora communicated what she wanted, she wasn't going to second-guess it just because everyone else didn't understand. We've even talked to divorce attorneys. El divorcio and a en pi mami. I diocito santo, a con estas ninas. Her mom looked up to the heavens as if she expected immediate intervention. Catra rolled her eyes at her mother's dramatic pleas. I'll believe it when you sign the papers, not a second before. There has never been a divorce in this family, and I doubt you and Adora will be the first. Look, I came here to have a great time with my mom, not to get hassled by her. Estes Clara Mama. She could feel her hands clenched into fists on the table, she noticed her mom looking at them. She waved her hand in surrender. Yes, yes, let's have a nice lunch I'm sorry. I know you've been having a hard time. I'm not trying to be difficult." She offered. It meant a lot, her mom liked being purposefully difficult. Great. Now how is Poppy and give me a rundown on what my cousins are doing. Catra's mom launched into a detailed recounting of what their family members were up to. They didn't talk about Adora for the rest of lunch. Then… When Catra watched Adora eat, she wasn't quite sure why she liked her. Adora was chewing on too big of a bite, her cheeks full in a way that reminded her of a squirrel. Do you ever think about boys? She blurted out. Catra watched as Adora choked on her sandwich, crumbs flying out of her mouth. What a dummy. Just shy of her sixteenth birthday, Catra had heard all the girls in her year tittering and gossiping about which were the cutest boys. All the girls except her and Adora. Catra knew why she wasn't interested in talking about the boys in her class. She'd gone on exactly one date with a boy, Rogelio. He was nice enough if a little quiet. The date felt mostly like a friend hangout, so Catra figured it was fine. At the end of the date, Rogelio kissed her, and the only thing that flashed through her mind was Adora's blue eyes, and how she wished she was kissing her best friend instead. So that was that. Since that date a few months ago, Catra wanted to tell Adora what she figured out about herself, but she worried that Adora would realize that Katra had a crush on her. It's like something out of a dumb romance book, falling for your best friend. Ugh, gross. What do you mean, Cat? Adora had finally managed to choke down the bite she had in her mouth. You know. Like, do you think about boys romantically? Or like which ones I guess?" Katra asked uncertainty as she bit her lip. Can you tell I have a crush on you, so you don't talk to me about the guys you like? Adora looked nervous as hell, glancing around the diner. Um, I don't have any crushes on boys. Right now. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty busy with school and volleyball. Heh. She gripped the back of her neck, a strand of hair falling out of her ponytail as she did so. Stars, she looked so beautiful. Katra took a deep breath. She had to be brave. I've never liked a boy before. She started cautiously, her tongue heavy in her mouth. She tensed, waiting for Adora's reaction. Adora didn't seem to pick up on what Catra meant, furrowing her brow in confusion. Ha, huh, that's weird I thought you liked Rogilio. Adora was twisting her napkin tightly between them, fraying the edges. Catra grabbed her hand to stop her. They were soft and warm. Catra needed another approach. I went on one date with Rogilio, but I didn't like him. I realized I only like girls. Adora looked like a deer caught in headlights. Suddenly, Catra became even more nervous. What if Adora thinks being gay is weird? She hadn't even thought of it as a possibility till that moment, and she felt stupid for not preparing for that. Adora's eyes are opened impossibly wide, a deep blue framed by fluttering eyelashes. Catra tried to pull her hand back, but Adora stopped her gripping it tightly within her own. Oh, Cat. Thank you for telling me. You know I support you no matter who you love. Her voice was deep and sure, her smile blinding. Katra nodded but snorted internally. I don't think you would if you knew I loved you. Adora glanced around again and leaned forward. They were still holding hands and Catra's burned where she was touching Adora. Cat, me too. Catra's eyes widened worried she had said that aloud. You too, what? Your hand also feels like it's on fire and you feel your heart flip-flopping in your chest. Um, I'm gay. I was meaning to tell you, but I was just worried about how you would feel about it." She explained, relief clear in her eyes. Catra understood now why Adora looked like that earlier. She felt so caught off guard, she hadn't considered that Adora could be gay too. I mean, I'm not trying to steal your thunder or anything. I'm sorry I probably should have waited, this moment should be about you, Catra smiled softly, this time she gripped Adora's hand. It's okay, dummy. It's good to know that we won't have to talk about dumb boys together. Catra jokes, trying to move the conversation along. Catra avoided the question she most wanted to ask. Do you think about me the way I think about you? Now. As she was getting back into town, she got a call from Adora. It wasn't too strange anymore for that to happen so she answered without a second thought. Hey Dor, am I still good enough to pick up Finn at four? Katra asked. Wow, I see how it is. No hey Adora, how are you doing? Did you have a good morning? How have you been coping alone with the gremlin that is our child? Katra snorted. The ribbing that would have been unimaginable just two months ago was commonplace now. Our child is not a gremlin, and if they were a gremlin, they'd get it from you. Now, what do you want? Or are you just calling to bother me?" Catra sassed back. You know I lo, like bothering you. One of my favorite pastimes. Yep. But no, I'm calling because I was thinking it would be a nice day to go out to one of the lakes nearby for a picnic. Finn and I were wondering if you'd like to come. Her voice was overly hopeful, cautious excitement tinging every word. Catra was weak for that phrase. Finn and I. There wasn't much she wouldn't do for Finn and Adora. Sure. I just got back from lunch with my mom, I didn't have much planned before picking up the tyke anyways. She tried to downplay it, but she missed them terribly the last few days. Excellent. Well, come by as soon as you can so Finn can get time to run around so they hopefully fall right to sleep when you take them home. My apartment's not home." The thought was a knee-jerk reaction that Catra promptly ignores. As soon as you can. So demanding Adora. She'd meant it as a playful tease, but Catra couldn't help how her voice dipped down low and turned it into a playful tease. She heard Adora's breath hitch. Suddenly, the call was tense and Katra remembered that things were not how they used to be. "'I—I—just meant you should come soon if possible. I—I I mean Finn—really wants you to come with us.' The silence is stilted and awful for a moment. "'Yeah, I'll be there. I'll see you in a few,' Katra said softly before hanging up quickly. Her cheeks burned with embarrassment. An hour later, the three of them were outside by one of the smaller bright moon lakes, Finn running around trying to find the biggest tree to climb. Catra would probably have to climb up after them to get them down later. God, it looked so much like that stupid Lake Adora took her to after prom. Katra had thought about how much she loved Adora that night she was afraid Adora could somehow tell. She wondered if Adora had thought about that when she invited her to join. She wondered if she thought about prom night at all anymore. I think we should let Finn tire themselves out before we eat. If we time it right, we can eat while watching the sunset, so we can enjoy the view and still be able to see what we are eating. Adora was beaming at her, using the voice she always did when she carefully planned a date. It made her heart beat into her sternum. Sure, that sounds good. She agreed readily. How's your mom doing? And your dad? Adora asked, genuine curiosity and sadness mixing in her gaze. Catra looked down, picking at an imaginary frayed thread on the picnic blanket. They're good, enjoying retirement to the fullest. They've been doing some traveling. Mom had a blast at lunch. She rolled her eyes performatively. I've no doubt she had a good time at lunch with her baby girl. Adora teased, as lit as Catra let out a genuine groan at the nickname. Good for them, they deserve to travel. I miss them. The sentence ended in a shameful whisper, Adora's head hanging. They miss you too, Dor. She supplied. She leaned back, using her hands to support her weight as she surveyed the lake for a moment. Adora shook her head disbelievingly. I doubt that. They must hate me. She whispered looking down at one of her hands, clenching it, and opening it in quick succession. I doubt my parents could hate you. Catra tried to catch Adora's gaze but she wouldn't budge. Adora had been part of their home, their family, for way longer than when they decided to get married. Her mom still kept all of Adora's school photos since first grade, and when her dad talks about their childhood stories, People often ask him what it was like raising three girls. They have plenty of reasons to hate me. Adora stared off into the distance, face solemn and sad. I hurt you. If someone hurt Finn the way I hurt you, I'd hate them. It was a vicious whisper, echoing anger, whether it's some imagined partner for Finn or herself, who could say. You know it's not that simple. Catra wasn't quite sure if she was talking about them as a couple or Adora's relationship with her parents anymore. All of it was messy with no straightforward answer. I think they're mostly hurt. You haven't gone to visit them in Taymor. I can barely make myself take the trip there to drop off Finn at Mara's. Every time I go it somehow feels worse than the last. She finally looked at Katra. Last time I barely made it to Mara's before I had a panic attack. She confided. She stretched out, mirroring Catra's position, leaning back and propping her hands to support her, their pinkies almost touching. I know how hard it is for you to visit. And they know too. She assured me. Adora's relationship with Thamer would always be complicated. I've forgiven you, and if they are mad about something they'd forgive you too. Adora looked like a deer caught in headlights. You've forgiven me. She said dumbly. Catra stared back, feeling caught by her own words. She hadn't thought about it when she said it but it was true. She was still hurt over everything that happened between them, but Adora apologized and changed her behavior. The anger and indignation she felt froze over, leaving a quiet sadness in its place. She'd never be happy that their marriage hadn't worked out, but she accepted it. Yeah. I guess I have. She politely looked away when she noticed the tears welling in Adora's eyes. She cleared her throat. If you miss my parents, I know Mom wouldn't mind getting a phone call from you. She offered. Adora gave her a tight smile, fake as plastic. I'll think about it. Katra could tell by the way Adora said it that she would not be thinking about it at all. Thanks, Cat. The two words were loaded with emotion. For what? I haven't done anything. She looked down, hoping that Adora would just let the previous topic of conversation go. She took the hint. For being you. She said it so simply like Catra was some kind of gift. She could feel the warmth radiating off of Adora's hand so close to her. She'd do anything to reach out and touch it, comfort her, show her how grateful she felt to still have this part of her. That's probably too much. Her hand didn't move. You're such an idiot. She laughed. The words come unbidden through Catra's lips. Adora let out a bright loud laugh in response that took up all the space outside. For a moment she expected Adora to answer with I'm your idiot like she usually did when Katra called her names but of course, that couldn't happen anymore. Instead, she leaned back and shook her head while rolling her eyes. Yeah, I am. She said simply. For moments they stared at each other until Adora cleared her throat. Did you see how ridiculously long Finn's summer reading list is? How are we going to make them do it all? Car groaned but was internally thankful to move on to less heavy things. Ugh, I know. I think this kid will read more books than me by the time they get to middle school." She complained. They kept talking, occasionally one of them would go chase after Finn, making them giggle as they tried to evade whichever of their parents was trying to get them. It took a double team to get Finn to settle onto the blanket and eat. Katra eyed the picnic basket with interest. So how much of this is actually edible?" Adora huffed, slowly pulling out the food from the basket. All of it. Adora announced, offended by the insinuation. Catra raised an eyebrow. I mean, probably most of it. Adora amended. It's just sandwiches and cut-up fruit, hard to mess up. You know what, fair point. She shook her head. They ate in relative silence, listening to Finn tell them about the things they saw and did while running around the lake. The lake looked gorgeous with the sun setting behind it, the sky turning purple and red in some spots. A late sunset picnic was exactly the kind of activity she should be avoiding if she had any hopes of making this friendship work without becoming a pining mess. And yet, here she was. As predicted, Finn tuckered themselves out, and was fast asleep for the drive back home to Adora's house. Catra took the opportunity to address the elephant in the room. Hey, I'm sorry about making our phone call earlier. I didn't mean anything by it, I was just caught up talking with you. I didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. Adora looked at Catra briefly before staring out at the road again. It's fine, you didn't do anything wrong Cat. We're readjusting our boundaries, it's normal for us to maybe say, or do something that the other thinks might be too much." Adora tossed her a heart-stopping smile. She reached out and her fingertips brushed against the back of Catra's hands for a moment. I for one, think we've been doing a great job at being friends again. Catra would agree if it weren't for the way her heart fluttered at Adora's smile. She needed to get a grip on how she felt about Adora before it ruined everything. Chapter 15, A Changed Priority Adora picked up the phone without looking at who was calling her. Adora Gray speaking. She muttered absentmindedly, burrowing further into the couch as she stretched out the blanket. She'd been about ready to take a nap and almost didn't answer her phone at all. What are you doing right now? Glimmer asked, sounding exhausted on the line. Adora hummed. Currently? Nothing. I'm at home and kid-free at the moment." She explained, holding the phone to her head by hiking up her shoulder. Adora thought about going to the gym, but she was plenty sore from her workout yesterday and didn't want to injure herself. A nap sounded like a better use of her time anyway. She was using the opportunity to relax, but the house felt particularly empty without Finn and Catra there. It always felt worse the first few hours after they left, like Adora could still pick up the sound of their laughs or see them chatting away happily if she just turned her head fast enough. I was hoping you would say that, I am right around the corner. If I don't stay out of the office today, I will murder my mother. She huffed, Adora could hear the sound that she assumed was glimmer thumping her steering wheel. Keep your eyes on the road. And don't hurt Angela she's a sweetheart. She admonished me. Glimmer scoffed and Adora startled when she heard Brake screeching. Yeah, to you Adora. She's always being mean to me. She complained. She doesn't take me seriously. She just constantly fusses over me. You know Glim, some people would love to have a mother fussing over them. Adora gently reminded me. Glimmer pulled in a sharp breath through her teeth. Sorry, sorry not how I meant it. I know you know, but I'm sorry. Open the door and I'm in the driveway. She commanded. Adora could hear Glimmer's engine cut off as she pushed herself off the couch. Well, hello there stranger. Adora greeted as she opened the door. Might as well be, I feel like I never see you anymore now that you and the baby mama have whatever weird dynamic this is. Glimmer teased, walking and making herself at home sitting on the countertop. She's not my baby mama. Adora sputtered, feeling her ears redden. Isn't she? Pretty sure she's the mother of your child. Sounds like a baby mama in my book. Glimmer's voice was innocent, but the smirk on her face is anything but. How about we talk about something that isn't Catra, Adora suggested, taking a seat on the bar stool next to Glimmer. Sure, what else is going on in your life then? Glimmer still sat on the counter, full attention on Adora. Adora bit her lip hesitating. I turned down the branch manager position. She finally shared. Glimmer gaped at Adora. What? I didn't even know they offered it to you. She sputtered. When did this happen? A week or two ago. I was really surprised they offered after I had that tiff with the current branch manager about spending time with Finn. I was pretty sure I was done for. She still hadn't fully wrapped her mind around it. I can't believe it. You're really serious about taking a step back from work." Glimmer's voice shook with awe as she looked down at Adora. Adora felt uncomfortable under her gaze, looking away and grabbing a pear that was sitting in her fruit basket. I mean yeah, we'd talked about it before. I told you I was going to spend more time at home. She mumbled, rolling the pear in her palm. Sure, you said that, but you'd been working towards branch manager basically since you were an intern. I didn't think you'd actually do something like this. She reached out and grabbed one of Adora's hands, squeezing it. This is good." She breathed. I wasn't sure about turning it down. I thought about it seriously for a week. She explained haltingly. I won't say it was easy to say no because it wasn't. But I don't regret it. I considered all that I was going to have to give up, and it isn't worth it. Glimmer beamed at her, eyes warm. I'm proud of you Adora. I know how hard it is for you to prioritize yourself and your home life when you've given up so much to succeed in your field." The words make Adora relax. It felt nice for someone to acknowledge how difficult it was to say no at work, although she wasn't doing it for the recognition. She was doing it for herself. She sighed, as a bit distant as she thought about her career. She'd had a lot to think about since getting the job offer. You know, I wanted to be branch manager for so long because it felt like it would unlock so many doors for my family. I could send Finn to a private school more likely to respect their pronouns, summer camp, family vacations. She let go of both the pair and Glimmer's hand, putting her palms on her forehead. You know, you're worth more than what you give Adora. Finn loves you because you're their mom, not because you buy them things. Glimmer moved her hand to pat Adora's shoulder. I know, I just didn't want Finn to struggle like I did. It was hard growing up knowing that there were things that would always be out of reach because of money. Never mind all the other bullshit Weaver saddled her with. But I realize now that what I want to give Finn is my time and attention. Help them with their homework, talk to them, and take them out to do fun things. I've never felt closer with Finn. She couldn't help the smile that crossed their face. Ah, that's so cute, Dor. I love that you feel that way with Finn." Glimmer cooed, the look on her face seeming to be one that belongs to her husband. She bit her lip as she looked up at Glimmer. She'd been honest so far, it wouldn't hurt to go a step further. Saying no to the job, it wasn't just about Finn. I wanted to give Catra everything. We dreamed about what our future would be like for so long. It felt like we were finally living it, but there was always more I could give her." She admitted. I lost sight of what was important when I laser-focused on this position. I wanted to prove that I was good enough, that I wasn't a disappointment. She laughed ruefully. Instead, I ended up disappointing the most important people in my life because of it. Are you doing this to get back with Catra? Glimmer asked cautiously. Adora smiled sadly, shaking her head. No. That ship has sailed Glim. She doesn't love me anymore. Glimmer opened her mouth, clear about to contradict her, and Adora pressed a hand flat on the countertop. Nope, I don't want to hear it. We talked with our big girl words. And she basically told me she wanted a divorce when we rekindle our friendship. That doesn't sound like something someone who is in love says, does it?" Glimmer deflated at that. Okay, no. But still, the chemistry between you two is like back when you were actually married and happy. That kind of thing can't possibly be one-sided. She pointed out. Glimmer wasn't wrong really. There were times when she was suddenly inches away from grabbing Catra's hand or kissing her forehead and she didn't know how they managed to get so close so fast. But more than the comfort of physical proximity, they were of one mind. Countless times Katra would finish her sentence or send her a look over everyone's head, speaking a language Adora feared had been lost to time. She shook her head, refusing to dwell on it. Glim, I'm not going to get my hopes up for something that isn't going to happen. I turned down the job because I want to have more time with Finn and all my friends. That includes Catra." She set her jaw and started rolling the fruit under her palm again. Glimmer rolled her eyes. Yeah, sure, lump Catra in with the rest of us as if you haven't been seeing her three times as much as you see us. She accused lightheartedly. I want to be around Finn as his mom and Catra as a friend. Also, whenever you and Bao have your baby they're going to be spoiled rotten by their aunt Adora. She grinned. Glimmer lit up at the thought. The conversation veered towards Bao and Glimmer's road to parenthood, although Adora's thoughts never strayed far from how much she wished things could be different with Catra. Then… Adora, I need to talk to you. Catra waited for Adora to be alone in her dorm room, and ambushed her. She'd never seen Catra look so serious. Adora started wringing her hands together. I know you're planning on getting serious with Huntara soon." Adora laughed and Catra narrowed her gaze, lips pressed together. Adora quickly cleared up the misunderstanding. Oh no, Cat, we broke up like last week. Humor still reverberated in Adora's voice. Huntara was nice and all, but she wanted way more commitment than Adora could offer—at least more than she could offer someone who wasn't Catra. It was one of the reasons she hadn't gotten around to telling Catra that they broke up. Her best friend's eyes widened; her normally tan skin going pale. But Glimmer said that you were thinking of moving in with Huntara for junior year. She sputtered. Catra grabbed her own arm and rubbed up and down, looking as if she was caving in on herself. Adora guessed she felt vulnerable, probably because she thought Adora changed their dorm plans last minute. Um, I have no idea where she got that from, but the thought never crossed my mind. She rushed to reassure Catra. We finally get to be roommates this year, why would I let that go? She asked incredulously. Why would I ever want any distance between us, Cat? Adora reached out and lightly punched Katra's arm. Besides, Glimmer knows Huntara, and I broke up. I mean we only dated for like two months, Cat, it was never serious. Adora rolled her eyes playfully. Some understanding seemed to flash in Katra's. Fucking sparkles, always meddling in shit that has nothing to do with her, Catra mumbled under her breath. Adora was more confused than ever. They figured out that they were still rooming together for junior year, what all was she missing? She took a step closer trying to catch Catra's gaze. She seemed to read the question in Adora's eyes. Catra squared her shoulders, looking at Adora head on. You know what, fuck it all. She almost sounded angry as she bit out, Adora, I've been in love with you since high school. I mean, probably my whole life if I'm honest. Catra's words were sure although they had a nervous edge to them. She stood there staring at Adora expectantly, but Adora didn't understand. Are you, what? Adora could barely get any words out around the shock. Adora was dreaming. She was sure of it. There was simply no way this was happening right now. Sure, she'd dreamed of a day when Catra would return her feelings, but it was always that, a pipe dream. Catra wilted the longer Adora fumbled, looking for a way to respond to her best friend. I understand if it makes you uncomfortable, or if you need space or whatever just let me know so I can move in with someone else for next year if that's what you want. I'll stay with Scorpia until then." Catra moved to leave but Adora grabbed her hand, desperate for her to stay. No Cat, don't go. I don't need space. Adora pulled Catra closer. I just need you, Adora whispered as her hand trembled in Catra's. If Catra was brave, Adora could be brave too. I love you Cat, for as long as I can remember." She admitted, finally getting it right. Wait, what? You love me? Catra looked dumbfounded. Adora smiled at her best friend. I thought I was being pretty obvious. Adora snorted. Clearly not. I had no idea I—Catra cut herself off, looking at Adora with an almost feral look in her eye. Suddenly, she knocked Adora over-barreling into her. With a loud groan, she landed on her back. Now, Catra was straddling her, and she had her hands full of Catra. Say it again, Catra demanded, eyes glued to Adora's face. She knew there was a command somewhere in there but her brain couldn't process it. Adora was about to swallow her own tongue. I will not look down at Katra's boobs, I will not look down at Catra, Katra was smirking at her. Shit! She looked Catra in the eyes this time. She remembered what she was supposed to say. I love you. So much Catra. She confessed again, this time filled with relief. I always have. Then Katra kissed her, and it was so different from what she'd dreamed about. It felt like coming home after an exhausting day, like taking a nap after swimming at the beach, like watching the stars on the back of an old pickup truck. It was natural and easy, like she was always meant to kiss Catra this way. They parted softly, Catra staying close, her body pressed into Adora's. Wow, Adora breathed. Catra rolled her eyes, but she couldn't stop the small smile playing at the edge of her lips. Don't ruin it, dummy. Adora then flipped them over so that Catra was the one on the ground, peppering her face with kisses as Catra giggled. She nosed under her chin, cuddling close and breathing Catra in. So, do you still want to move in with your girlfriend next year? Adora said, feeling cheeky. Her whole body felt like a live wire, thrumming with energy. Girlfriend huh? Catra raised an eyebrow while squeezing the leg she hooked around Adora's waist. Adora was nervous all over again. I mean, shouldn't have assumed but I thought, she mumbled from on top of Catra. Catra shushed her with a kiss. That was never going to get old. Shut up, dummy. Of course, I'm your girlfriend. Catra stated as a matter of fact as if she knew it would work out between them all along. Adora was going to combust from sheer joy. And of course, we're moving in together next year. We've already wasted enough time." Silently, she disagreed. She would wait forever if it meant she finally got to have Catra like this. Adora rushed forward to kiss Katra again, moving her hands to touch her sides. Katra suddenly leaned back, her eyes widened like saucers on her face. Adora, we could have been doing this for years. I feel so stupid right now. Catra pouted but she looked comfortable enough as Adora gripped her hips and drew her closer. They were still laying on the floor of the living room. A glimmer's going to be insufferable about this, she lied to me so I would confront you. And it worked. She screeched. Catra looked so insulted and Adora laughed aloud. Adora paused. I mean, we don't have to tell her that was why we ended up talking about our feelings. Adora pointed out helpfully sliding her hands around Katra's waist. Katra smiled, pleased with the idea. I like the way you think, princess. Katra snuggled closer and Adora sighed, dazed. Hey princess, why are we cuddling on the ground when you still have a bed in this apartment? She said in a suggestive tone. They eyed each other and took off racing to the nearest bedroom, laughing all the way there. Now, It was quickly becoming routine for Catra and Adora to spend some time together after Finn had fallen asleep on the days Catra dropped Finn off. They were currently sitting on opposite ends of the couch facing each other. Catra's eyes looked like they were on fire, alight with humor as she retold the latest from the debacle that was Sebastian's quest for a tattoo. I don't get him. I mean when he first came in, he told me he wanted me to tattoo him on the spot because of what you told him about me. Catra eyed Adora for a moment. Actually, what did you say about me? I don't think I ever got around to asking. She needled with a smirk. I just, I said you were a good tattoo artist. Which is true. Adora defended. She could feel the heat in her face. She did a little more than say Catra was good. Adora all but gushed about Catra's art and told Sebastian he'd be an idiot if he went anywhere else. Of course, that's true. That's all you said. The mischievous look on Catra's face told Adora that she knew there was more to the story. Yup. Adora said, popping the p. I I mean it's true I did go off on a tangent about Catra's work, but I don't need her to know that. Sometimes she felt so transparent like Catra, could just see the love she had for her beating in her heart. Catra eyed her for a moment, but seemed to let it go. Anyways, get this, for the last month we've had three meetings for redesigns. She widened her eyes comically. Three meetings, Dora. And he kept changing. What he wanted. I keep upping the deposit and charging him for the meetings to see if he will just go away, and he just keeps paying without batting an eyelash. Catra looked so gorgeous, her hands moving animatedly as she talked, her eyes lighting up and her hair bouncing a little as she delivered a great impression of Sebastian. I want my dearest Mermista to faint at the sight of Dragon's Daughter Three on my chest. A true piece of art on my flesh. Catra burst out laughing at her own joke, and Adora laughed along with her. She shrugged as her giggle trailed off. It's easy money though, seeing as we probably are never going to get to the actual tattoo at this rate. Catra threw herself back as if she were exhausted merely from retelling the story. What a drama queen. You know I'm so proud of you. I always knew you'd be such a successful tattoo artist. The words might be too much and they absolutely reeked of affection but Adora couldn't help it. Besides, she was allowed this, to be proud of her best friend. For a moment, Catra beamed at her. She was always one for praise. But then, a cloud seemed to pass over her face as she eyed Adora more seriously. Involuntarily, she leaned back, giving Catra more space. Did that make you uncomfortable? She asked softly. Internally she berated herself. Of course, it was too much. She just needed to get a handle on. No. Adora's eyes widened at the answer and the silence that followed. She wasn't quite sure what to say to that. Catra seemed at a loss as well. Suddenly everything felt so awkward, and it felt like they'd stumbled backward fifteen steps. Catra let out a loud sigh. I just, what you said reminded me of before. She said plainly, the edges of her voice raw. Adora furrowed her brow and leaned a bit forward, trying to see Catra's face clearer. Before Adora trailed off, hoping Catra would shed light on what she meant. She really wasn't sure what Katra was getting at. Catra scanned her face for a moment with pursed lips. Before we were separated. She finished softly. Adora's heart beat wildly in her chest, Catra had never brought up the topic in such a forthright way since they rekindled their friendship. Do you remember that work holiday party where you tried to pass me off as an interior designer?" Adora nodded solemnly. I do remember. I behaved like an ass. Sometimes it kept her up at night, reminders of moments when she disregarded Catra so completely. I felt like shit. She whispered, tucking her legs close to herself, retreating from Adora. It hurt but she understood. Sometimes it feels unreal to hear you say these things now when I think of how things were before." She admitted. Adora tried to swallow the lump in her throat, but there was no use. She covertly wiped a wayward tear, hoping Catra wouldn't notice. Of course, Catra noticed looking at her with concern. She moved to reach her hand out to Adora, to comfort Adora but she pulled back harshly. No. Katra pulled away as if burned. Adora took a deep breath to steady herself. I hurt you Catra. You don't need to comfort me when you're the one who was treated poorly. She explained desperately. I don't deserve your compassion. Or for you to look at me like that. She gestured at Katra. Her face a soft understanding that could be mistaken for pity if you didn't know her well enough. Adora. Her voice held a gentle chastisement. Once again, she slowly lifted her hand, this time purposefully keeping her gaze on Adora, seeking permission. She put her hand on Adora's knee, the closest part of her she could reach. Her hand felt warm and comforting. Adora couldn't help but relax a fraction under Catra's touch. I didn't tell you that to hurt you with it." She explained. I want—Catra looked away for a moment, her eyes fixed on the clock on the opposite wall—I want to allow myself to be honest with you. To Adora, it felt like a revelation. I want to tell you things again. Her voice burned but Adora couldn't tell what. I want that too. She couldn't help but respond. I'd like for us to be close. There was a time when our lives were so happy and entangled I couldn't tell them apart even if I tried." She dismissed that thought violently, hoping Catra didn't catch the shadow of it passing along her face. Then you have to stop steeping in guilt. Her voice cracked over the word sharply, her hand moved off Adora's knee to clench at her side. The past is done, Adora. You need to stop living in it. You can't take back what you did at that party any more than I can take back turning my back on you when you reached out to me that night. You had every right to ignore me." She murmured, crossing her legs like a kindergartner and holding onto her ankles. In her mind's eye, she can envision Catra in their bed, tense and pretending to be asleep until Adora slinked away defeated into the guest room. Catra rolled her eyes. That's not the point. We both could have done things differently that night. We both could have done so much differently remains unsaid. We can't fix that now. But maybe we can fix this?" she asked imploringly. Adora swallowed roughly, once again trying to keep the tears at bay. I can't promise that I won't feel guilty about things I've done, the thing I regret most in this world is letting myself lose you, but I'll work on it. I don't want my guilt to keep you from opening up to me." She felt herself getting lost in Katra's eyes. If you want to of course, I'm not expecting anything. She added. Okay. Katra took a deep breath. I hated that you did that, but I hated it more that you left our bed that night. She eyed her cautiously. Really? Adora asked. Of all her mistakes that night, sleeping on the couch felt like the smallest. I wanted to give you space. You seemed to want it at the time. She offered. But I'm sorry that it hurt you. I can see why you might have thought that. Catra gave her the olive branch as if it didn't mean everything to Adora. And you don't have to apologize. It was Adora's turn to roll her eyes. How about this? I'm going to try to stop being a sentient well of guilt, but you're going to let me own up to the shitty things I did and apologize." Catra's eyes shined with laughter as she shook her head. Fine if I must. You have a lot of apologizing to do. She cracked. Adora smiled but internally winced. You have no idea, Cat. Number one apology I want is for all of the terrible meals I had to endure during our marriage. She wiggled her eyebrows and Adora couldn't help the cackle that escaped her. That shattered the serious mood. Oh no, I refuse to apologize for all of the nutritious meals that sustained you. She couldn't keep a straight face as she said it. Suddenly they were both giggling like high schoolers rolling on their backs, legs occasionally colliding. They continued to rib each other back and forth until their laughter subsided. Did anything interesting happen for you today?" Katra asked once she could breathe again. Catra lounged on the couch, stretched out in an almost abnormal pose, arms and legs akimbo. Catra was always weird when she was comfortable, bending into the oddest shapes. No, nothing interesting really, Adora answered honestly, turning down the branch manager position long forgotten. Chapter 16 A Family Affair I'm so, so, sorry Kat, I told them that I had to be done by noon, but then the computers were down, and IT couldn't fix it until it got permission to update some software, it's all been a mess I just, Adora rambled on eternally about whatever IT issues have her stranded in the office today. Katra rolled her eyes, put her phone on speaker, and focused on the road. Geez, for relax, I don't mind picking up our kid, the drive isn't that long. It was only an hour fifteen each way to Taymore. They really needed to make a better effort to let Finn spend time with their family anyways. I'm glad they got to spend the weekend with Mar and my parents." She added aloud. Still, I'm sorry it was so last minute. Adora sounded miserable. The words made something in Catra twitch, too close of a reminder of how things were before. It's different now, she reminded herself. She'd forgiven Adora and this was the first time, she'd flaked out of something for work since they restarted their friendship in earnest. And it wasn't Catra's place to judge how Adora spent her time anymore. Besides, she had a more pressing concern. Was the drop-off okay for you? She asked tentatively, not knowing if it was something Adora would like to talk about. She thought it might be the first time, She'd made the drive up to Taymor since they last did it when they were still together. She heard her fumble for a moment before the line went silent. It wasn't the worst it's been. She admitted hesitantly. I didn't have a panic attack which is progress, believe it or not. I was really anxious before and after. She clammed up and the silence between them lingered. I'm glad it was better than other times, Katra affirmed. She wasn't sure what else to say. Adora sighed loudly. Yeah, I mostly was worried about Finn, but I don't think they noticed, Adora responded, whatever latent anxiety was still there permeating her voice. Catra switched gears, not wanting to hang up on a dark note. Hey, you owe me for this. I don't have time to stop by my parents' house, and I'm never going to hear the end of it from my mother. That I was in town, and I didn't stop by," Catra teased. It was her M.O., making Adora comfortable by purposefully bothering her about shit that didn't really matter. What do I owe you, Cat? Adora sounded amused. The question bordered on flirty, and it made heat flash through Catra. That has been happening a lot more lately. Katra, you need to hold it together, she doesn't mean it that way. You can break the news to my mom and fall on that sword for me." She suggested. Probably the most unsexy suggestion ever. This works. Ha. I'd rather go to three more days of these meetings than face Katrina when she's mad. Adora laughed as she swatted the idea away. Katra couldn't help but agree with her on that one. Well, whatever dummy, I need to go. I'm almost at your sister's actually." She stuck her tongue out as she took the last turn to pull into Mara's driveway. The road hadn't been paved in a while so it was always a challenge. Catra heard Adora go unusually quiet on the other end, and she wasn't sure why. Adora? Are you still there? She tried, unsure if she lost reception. Adora sputtered, yeah, yeah. Please send Finn and Mar my love." Now Katra was the quiet one. Adora cleared her throat, clearly uncomfortable. Okay, door got to go. She hung up before the conversation somehow got more awkward. A few minutes later she parked in Mara's driveway and knocked on the door. Mara looked surprised to see her. Adora probably forgot to call ahead. Dummy. Finn. Your mama is here, come and say hi. She hollered. Mara's house is on the outskirts of Thamer, more rural than even where they grew up together, which is saying something. Finn ran up to Katra, hugging her close. Hey, mama. Missed you. They let go and gave her a cheeky grin. She couldn't help but crouch down and ruffle their hair. Did you pick up all of the things you need before we head out? She asked. Finn looked guilty, glancing at there and to see if she would help. Good luck with that kid. Go take a shower and pick up all your stuff, so we can head out before it gets dark. She told them as she turned them around. Finn sent her a glare when she said the word shower, but Catra held firm. They gave a pleading look to Mara who raised her hands in a defeated way. Mama's the boss squirt, not me. She said in a theatrical sad voice, shaking her head as she did so. Shower. Really? They complained, a pout at the ready. Yes, shower, Catra repeated, giving them a tired look that meant they couldn't wiggle out of it. There was no getting Finn to get clean after a long drive and a weekend being spoiled by Mara. She'd made that mistake one too many times. Finn grumbled as they went to the guest room, don't think I'm not glad to see you Katra. but where is my sister? I thought she was picking up Finn. She furrowed her brow as she asked. She gestured for Catra to sit at her dining table, a sturdy rustic thing Mara built with her bare hands. That was the plan, but she got stuck in a work meeting. You know how she is about work. Catra replied, lips pressed together. Mara's eyes clouded over. That girl needs to stop working so hard before her life passes her by. She told me she was up for that branch manager position." Mara sighed sitting next to Katra. Catra's stomach dropped. She'd avoided talking about Adora's work for months until they finally addressed some of that elephant in the room the week before. It felt good to finally tell Adora about how she felt, even if it was just about one incident in the barrage that caused their marriage to crumble. Adora's work remained a sore spot, but wouldn't she tell Catra about this? She had no idea that Adora was in the running for the branch manager promotion, never mind that she'd received an offer. Is this why she looked so guilty when we talked last week? She shook her head and shoved her feelings down. I wouldn't know anything about that, I haven't really talked to her about her job lately, Catra responded honestly. Mara looked at Catra, really studying her face. How are you doing, Kit?" Mara leaned her face in her head, looking at Katra with interest. She smiled at the nickname, the only person that called her that was Mara. I'm good Mar, never better. She assured her, which was true in a way. Mara's eyes shined bright, and her smile was so warm. It reminded her of Adora. I'm glad to hear it. Mara's smile dimmed and she looked tentative as she bit her lips, gaze razor-focused. Catra knew that look. What do you want to know, Mar? Catra asked, already feeling tired. The idea that Adora will be the next bright moon manager threw her for a loop, and she wasn't ready to get grilled. Mara sighed. I know it's not fair to ask you this, but is Adora okay? Catra's smile tightened. She should've expected this from Mara. I agree Mar, that's not really fair right now. There was an edge to Catra's words, she's annoyed Mara would put her in this position. She sighed, looking down at her hands. I don't know. She seems to be doing okay, as far as I can see. We're getting along better than when we first separated. I don't know what else to say. Mara still looked apologetic, but that didn't make Catra feel any less uncomfortable. I worry about you too, you know. You're just as much my little sister. Mara reminded her. Katra felt herself relax a bit. I know March. I appreciate it. She knew Mara was upset by the news of their separation. I just don't want to talk about Adora with you. It's weird, you know. Mara rolled her eyes. Just because she's my sister doesn't mean, I don't see how she hurt you. How are you both hurting now? She crossed her arms over her chest as she sat up. Also, I grew up with you too, Kit. I'm not picking sides. Catra signed. Adora and Mara probably got their stubbornness from the same place. Okay then, what wisdom do you have for me? Have you and my mom been planning this?" she accused, only half-joking. Mara laughed at that, shifting her chair so she could lean back. I think you're better off talking with me than Katrina about things like this. Everyone knew Katra's mom was a firecracker. I just want to know that you two are actually doing all right and not putting up a front for us. I know you're hurting, you don't need to hide it. That must be exhausting. This stays between us." Catra clarified. Mara nodded a warm smile back in place. I really am doing better, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss Adora. Catra caved, admitting this to another soul for the first time since everything changed between her and Adora. Mara's face stayed neutral, but she could see a spark in her eyes. This was probably a mistake. Why don't you talk with Adora about fixing things then? Mara had a wide grin and big hopeful eyes that made her look more like her sister than ever. Correction, this was definitely a mistake. Adora wants to be friends, and I want to respect that. Catra looked down, her fingers finding the grain of the wood soothing. Besides, even if we both wanted. Two I don't know that we could fix whatever is broken between us. It's been so long, and we've hurt each other so much," she admitted with a whisper. Forgiveness, friendship, co-parenting, that was one thing. But to let Adora in again, to let her be Catra's everything. It took trust in Adora that Catra simply didn't think she could muster. That didn't even take into account that Adora didn't want to get back together. How was she meant to hold herself out to her wife, and then bear it when Adora looked at her with pity and murmured about just friends, and I'll always care about Catra, just not like that. Not the way Catra wanted. And there was that promotion. Isn't it worth a try?" Mara wondered quietly, breaking Catra's reverie. She collected the thoughts swirling in her mind for a moment. She leaned forward, fixing Mara with a hard stare. Look, that last year we were together was miserable. Adora didn't prioritize me or the time that we spent together, she just cared about that damn promotion. She didn't listen to me. She didn't love me any She laid out all the facts for both Mara and herself. At least as friends, I get to keep a part of her. Even if it isn't what we had before. To have this part of Adora was more than Catra could have ever hoped for when she stormed out of her house with tears in her eyes and beat up luggage trailing behind her. She pressed further this time looking out the window to the rolling hills on Mara's land. There's no reason to think that she's changed, if anything the promotion will make her even more absent than before. Another thought occurred to her. And I had a girlfriend, Mara. I know for a fact she's been seeing other people. At least she's been sleeping with other people, Katra thought bitterly. Do you think we should just forget all that? The reasons why trying again would be stupid, stupid, stupid were just insurmountable. Every worry that lived orbiting her thoughts about Adora and fixing their marriage spilled forward. Usually, she tamped them down because it was all moot anyway, given that the only thing on the table was this exhilarating but painful friendship. Mara just smiled, leaning on the table. I think you'll find that time heals more than you'd think. I'm not saying it would be easy or that you should even do it. She explained in that easy way of hers. You've been with someone else. Maybe you've found that what you need isn't what Adora can offer you. But if in your heart you still love her, you should think about it." Mara advocated eyes wide and honest. Katra could feel a lump in her throat that she viciously pushed down. This is it. I'm going to burst out crying in my sister-in-law's house. This is going to be so embarrassing. I, Mara I just can't. I don't want to be rejected by her." She managed to croak out, running her hands through her hair. Again. How I was rejected every time, she stood me up or didn't listen or. I won't pretend to know what's going on in your marriage better than you do, but I can't imagine a world where Adora doesn't love you like that. Doesn't want to be with you. Mara reached out and touched her knee gently. Well, you don't have to imagine because we're living in it. She might have been shit at showing it, understatement of the Century March. And I won't justify that. But that girl has loved you as long as she's known you." Adora's love, her care and friendship for Catra, was never in question. She knew Adora still cared, but it wasn't what Mara was implying. She hadn't been there, she didn't know, hadn't been hurt the way Catra had. I don't want to talk about this anymore." She edged her seat backward, moving out of Mara's grasp. She somehow simultaneously felt better and worse after talking to Mara. Mara looked like she was about to protest, but at that moment the shower water stopped running. Saved by the bell, Mara murmured as she got up off her chair. She walked up to Katra and gave her a hug. For what it's worth Kit, we'll always be family. Catra felt her eyes water at that. She hugged Mara tightly, her forehead touching the tall woman's collarbone. It's worth a lot. You are my family too, March. She agreed. Then… Katra tried to do the math between the recipes, oven temperatures, and cook times, it was pointless. She was about to throw all her pants at the kitchen wall. Even the roasting pan, which weighed a shit ton. I should get Adora to do it." Her fiancé happened to just walk into the kitchen and froze, probably because she could see the unhinged gleam in Katra's eyes. It was their first time hosting Christmas at Bright Moon with both their families. The cooking fell mostly to her because getting Adora to do it would be asking for trouble. And even though Adora had been great about dealing with all the non-cooking errands that had to happen there were just so many damn things to cook. Adora approached Katra very slowly, the way someone would approach a wild animal. Hey, cat. My love. Whole heart even. Adora flashed her a dorky smile that made her melt just a little. Adora reached her and tugged her into her strong arms. She felt her jaw unclench. Want to tell me what's going on? Hmm? Adora murmured into her hair. Catra unloaded on her. Our oven is too small for the amount of shit that has to be in it, I don't know how to make the fricaste de pollo that mom always makes for Christmas, I can't read the pie recipe that Mara sent me because Raz writes like a goddamn gremlin, and even if I could get it all to work I'm going to look like an absolute mess because I don't have time to shower after dinner. Katra shut her eyes tightly to prevent the tears of frustration she could feel bubbling up. Adora's hand gently moves to her jaw, tilting her face up. Hey, 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 look at me. Adora's blue eyes were boring into her, and she felt the world right itself again. To start, it doesn't matter whether you shower or not, you'll be the most beautiful woman in the room. She grinned broadly as she scanned Catra's body before her eyes flickered back up to her face. Catra rolled her eyes, but she could feel a blush spreading across her cheeks. You're just saying that because you're marrying me." She muttered, feeling contrarian. Adora pressed a soft kiss to her forehead. No, it's just the truth since you're the most beautiful person in the universe. It has to be true that you're the most beautiful woman in any given room since that's a smaller data set. She said cutely, eyes dancing with mirth. Her gaze softened and she tenderly held Katra's hands, interlacing their fingers. This is just our family. Even if we serve them a charred chicken, they will love us. We'll be fine." Katra nuzzled in closer. But it's our first time hosting, and I just wanted to make a good impression. Catra hesitated. I just don't want them to think that I'm not capable or not ready to marry you or something. Adora let out a loud laugh. Kat, if making a perfect Christmas dinner is required to get married, I will never be eligible." Adora sputtered between chuckles, pressing her forehead against Catra's. She felt silly now that she'd said it out loud, but it also felt like a weight lifting off her shoulders. Yeah, Kit, I thought you were going to marry my sister, not banish her into spinsterhood. Mara turned the corner, smiling cheekily. Mar? Adora turned red, culling away slightly while still holding one of Catra's hands. We thought you might need some help in here. Katra's mom walked in next, placing a comforting hand on her daughter's shoulder. Katra looked at her mother and Mara, suddenly so grateful to have them here instead of just stressed. Yeah, probably. She agreed. Mama, can you start the chicken, and Mara, what the hell did Raz write on that? Catra asked, feeling slightly embarrassed for needing help at the eleventh hour. Katrina wasted no time picking up where Catra left off with the sofrito the pungent garlic and onion smells wafting throughout the kitchen. I think this says, two spoons of sugar sprinkled on the dough. That sounds right. Mara muttered absentmindedly as she transcribed the old recipe onto her phone. What do you need from me, Captain? Adora asked, bumping her shoulder into Catra's. Can you chop these veggies while I get the other ingredients? Katra asked, holding up an onion and three carrots. Adora leaned in and gave her a sweet kiss before relieving her of the vegetables. Of course, babe. She surveyed the bustling kitchen for a moment before grinning at Katra again. You see? We can work this out together, Cat. Katra rolled her eyes fondly. Yeah, yeah get chopping. She pretended to whip Adora with a kitchen towel she had handy, which made her laugh loudly. With all hands on deck, Christmas dinner was ready and Katra even had time to shower. Now. Finn fell asleep on the drive back as expected. They looked so cute with their mouths half open, their breaths deep and loud, never quite reaching a snore. Katra was grateful, she didn't think she could keep her mood from Finn for long. They were smart kids. Saying aloud all the reasons why Adora and her wouldn't work together anymore was emotionally exhausting. Hearing Mara say she was sure that Adora was in love with her was worse than that. Ultimately their romantic relationship was a failure because Adora didn't see Catra that way anymore. How dare Mara try to give her false hope? The plan had originally been for Katra to take Finn back home, to Adora's house, Katra reminded herself, and for them to spend some time together as a family. But Katra didn't want to see Adora right now, feeling as raw as she did. She took a deep breath and called the woman in question. Hey Kat. Are you having a good time back from Thamer? Adora sounded chipper, there was some background noise Katra couldn't distinguish. Yeah, we'll make it back before it's dark out." She took a deep breath. "'Listen, do you mind if I keep Finn tonight? I'm feeling tired from the drive, and I just want to go straight to bed." She bit her lip as she waited for a response. Catra heard the clattering in the background stop, finally realizing the noise was from the kitchen—she was going to try to cook dinner. She felt a pang of guilt and something else at that. Oh. Um, sure Cat whatever you need. Are you okay?" Adora cleared her voice awkwardly. It was clear that day that she was worried. Her voice took on a higher pitch, and she hesitated as she asked about Catra's well-being. Yeah, I'm fine, Dora. Just tired. She winced at how unconvincing she sounded, even to herself. She heard Adora take a big gulp of air. Kat, Are we okay? Mara didn't say anything to you, did she?" Adora's voice was full of suspicion. Caught. Damn. She briefly considered bringing up the branch manager promotion but quickly dismissed the idea. She really didn't want to have a drawn-out conversation or a fight with Adora right now, especially since they hadn't fought since they rekindled their friendship. Maybe she'd bring it up when she was feeling less off-balance. Your sister was great as always. I'm feeling worn out, but it doesn't have anything to do with you." Catra offered, trying her best to keep her voice even. There are lies and there are damn lies, I guess. We're good, Catra finished reassuring Adora. They were good. That isn't a lie. She tightened her grip on the steering wheel. Okay, Cat, I won't make you talk to me if you don't want to. She sighed and Catra could imagine the little furrow in her brow as if Adora was sitting across from her. I'm here if you do though. Want to talk? I'll see you tomorrow. Adora didn't sound reassured. Catra took the opportunity to hang up like a lifeline. Yeah, tomorrow's good. Good night. Catra dismissed her quickly. Tell Finn that I'll miss them. Adora's voice was a warm whisper, but it sounded choked. It shot straight through Katra's heart. Fuck, I just can't do anything right today, can I? Finn loves you, Dor, I'm sure they missed you tons. Same as me. I really have to go now. Glad she didn't have to talk with Adora anymore, she managed to hustle Finn through their bedtime routine with little fuss. She makes it to the shower before she starts to mope again. The conversation with Mara brought up something else she avoided thinking about. If there was no hope for them as a married couple, Catra and Adora had to get divorced at some point. Some point soon. She'd talked to her attorney, and she assured Catra that it was only a matter of time before the paperwork was finalized. She refused to go to any of the hearings once her attorney told her it wasn't mandatory, and from what she'd been told, Adora had a similar setup with her attorney one day, they'd have to sign on the dotted line, and that would be that. Every time she thought about going through with the divorce, she felt like she might throw up. She knew it was inevitable, knew that Adora fell out of love and only wanted to be friends. But the thought of losing that last tie between them, the last thing that marked their relationship as different from friendship made her tremble. And the worst part was that she started all of it. Sure, Adora was not a good wife to her, but she left Adora. She never reached out when she wasn't angry, and she did a shit job communicating what she needed. She asked Adora for space, she wanted to separate and see other people, and she filed the paperwork. She couldn't just roll that all back now, no matter what Mara thought. She had no one to blame but herself for being in this position. For losing her wife, Chapter 17, An Undy's Cussed Hurdle Mom, can we go to the park today? Finn looked up from their homework with their quintessential puppy-dog stare. Adora sighed, running her hand through her hair. She was tired, hadn't even thought of what to make for dinner, and had zero desire to take her kid to the park. She tried to hold firm, though she felt herself melting under the look. Finn knew exactly how weak Adora was for their sad pout. And used it to its full advantage. She spread her hands on the counter, bracing herself against it. Bud, we went to the park yesterday. She told them, hoping they would leave it alone. They twirled one of their pencils around their fingers while contemplating their next move, a calculating look that doesn't belong on the face of an eight-year-old. I know, but Sophie said she was going to be at the park today, and I haven't played with her in such a long time. They urged, eyes bright with excitement. Adora gave her kid a sidelong glance. I thought you colored with Sophie last week when Mama took you. She said knowingly, and watched how they froze up. Caught. Catra had told her about the play date, which was something Finn probably hadn't been counting on. Little rascal. Finn rolled their eyes exasperatedly, switching tactics. Yes, but coloring is different from the park mom, it's not that same. I did all my homework and I promised Sophie I'd be there. Can we please go?" Their voices carried a bit of a whine as they rocked in their chairs. Adora shook her head and straightened out her back, knowing when Finn set their mind to something like this there was no arguing with it. She'd have better luck giving in now than arguing about it for another half hour. All right, grab your shoes. We'll make it to the park for a little bit." Adora sent them a hard stare. But only for a little bit, you hear me. They blew right past her making a beeline for their shoes. Yes. Thanks, Mom. They called over their shoulder, a giggle in their voice. Adora couldn't help but smile at the sound. She bit her lip and looked out the window, noting that it was still light out. If she was going to go to the park she might as well make the most of it. She pulled out her phone to text Katra. Hey, Finn and I are going to be at the park in half an hour. Do you wanna join? She gets a reply almost instantly. Hey, hot stuff, winky face. Adora's eyebrows shot to her hairline, and she could hear her heart in her eardrums. Before she could think anything more of the message, it was followed up with lol sorry, it's Lonnie, Catra is in the middle of a session. She's probably going to be burning the midnight oil on this one. She then received a voice memo. Adora's fingers trembled as she played it. Lon, I swear, if you try to flirt with my wife using my phone, I will end your existence. Tell Adora I'd love to go to the park, but I really can't make it today. Adora's heart clenched at hearing Catra call her my wife. She then hears Lonnie's voice echoing closer than Catra's, clearly holding the phone. Well, you just told her yourself I've been recording you. Lonnie's voice drips with smugness. Adora laughed as she heard Katra's indignant squeak. How much of that was recorded? Lon, I swear you are so lucky my hands are literally busy, Katra sputtered off as the recording ended. Thanks for letting me know Lonnie, hope you're doing well." Adora texted back, thinking it wise to not comment on the whole exchange. Sometimes she couldn't believe Lonnie and Catra got any work done in the same building. When they got to the park, Finn immediately ran off in the direction of their friends, leaving Adora only with her thoughts as she kept an eye on her kid. Thankfully, it seemed the other day that Catra cancelled their plans was a minor blip. The next day, Catra dropped Finn off with a gentle smile, and no indication of whatever it was that bothered her when she went to Mara's. She tried not to think about it much but keeping her thoughts from Catra was always going to be a fool's errand. Adora felt so off-balance with Catra. On the one hand, it felt so right to spend time together, especially with Finn, or the few times they had hung out alone. But sometimes she'd reach out to pull Catra into her body, to kiss her nose or her lips, to tell her how much she loved her, and reality came crashing back down on her. Even though it felt like she had Catra, she didn't really, at least not the way she used to. Adora felt like before she got together with Catra, hormonal and confused, desperately wishing and dreaming for something that was unattainable. The only difference was that now Catra really was unattainable, and she had vivid memories of what it was like to truly have her, not just wishes and dreams. She hunched over, putting her hands in her head and groaning. This is so much worse than college. I'm such an idiot, how am I going to keep everything together in front of Catra indefinitely? Adora knew how. She was terrified of losing what she did have with Catra. Adora was always the coward out of the two of them. And now she knew exactly what it felt like to lose it all. Then, she wasn't sure why she always felt so on edge right before seeing Catra. Probably because she wasn't quite sure where she stood with her wife. She sighed, leaning back against the far wall of the living room. Adora thought Catra really took the idea of taking space and ran with it, given that they separated six months ago, and she'd shown no signs of trying to come back. She should come back home soon. She'd talked to Adora when she was ready. Adora just needed to be patient for a little while longer. She hoped. For now, Adora waited for Catra to drop off Finn, hoping something would break them out of their holding pattern. She heard the telltale sign of the doorbell and sighed, standing to her full height as she opened the door. As always, Finn arrived excited about the quality time they spent with their mama. How are you doing Finn? She asked gently, happy to see her kid. Great Mom. Mama and I went to Taymor. We saw Grandma, Grandpa, and Aunt Mara. I got to go to your favorite playground, they moved the swings to the back. Aunt Mara pushed me, and I got so far off the ground. Finn kept explaining their weekend trip to Adora and Katra's hometown as Adora froze over. She bit her lip to keep from frowning. She gave Finn the best smile she could manage. That's great, buddy. I didn't know you were going to more. I would have helped you pack more clothes. She couldn't help the way she pressed her lips as she tried to catch Katra's eye. Catra avoided looking directly at her, opting instead to look down at Finn. Figures. Adora ignored the brush off and listened attentively to Finn, as their voice got squeakier while telling Adora more stories. Next time you should come with us, Mom." Finn enthused. They didn't notice the tension in the room, or at least they didn't let on if they did. Adora hadn't been back to Thaymor since they separated, and she couldn't quite stomach going alone. She always hated going back to Taymor. It sounds like you had a full weekend. Why don't we say bye to Mama so we can check your backpack for school and get ready for bed? Finn gives Catra a big hug, looking slightly dejected by the idea of her leaving. You and me both, buddy. Actually, Finn, why don't you go pack those books that you mentioned wanting to bring to Mama's apartment while I talk to Mom? Finn bounded up, excited at the mention of books. Adora whipped her head around trying to make eye contact again. Katra still avoided her eyes and her teeth tug at her bottom lip, a sure sign that she was anxious. Which in turn made Adora anxious. Would she finally ask her about the divorce papers? She really didn't think she could take that tonight. Or any night really. What's up? Is everything okay with your parents? Why were you in Taymor? The question spilled out of Adora in a torrent. Catra finally looked up at her, a tentative smile on her face, and Adora was struck dumb by how beautiful she looked. It calmed the swell of her anxiety and let her fall silent. Yeah, they're fine. I'm sorry I didn't tell you I was visiting. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing, and I couldn't bear to be in town and not see Mara." She explained, still eyeing Adora with a slight smile. She felt herself soften at those words. Mara and Katra had a tight bond given how close they all were growing up. It was one of the things that made her relationship with Katra feel right the way they both loved not only the other but their families so completely. Of course Kat, I was just caught off guard. You're always welcome with my sister. Adora took a deep breath, took a risk, and reached out to touch Katra's hand. You're always welcome here too. She tacked on, hoping she wouldn't somehow make things tenser. Katra leaned into the touch and squeezed her hand. Adora felt like she couldn't breathe. For a second it felt like before, when everything was fine. Then Catra pulled away. I wanted to talk to you about something else. Katra nod on her bottom lip again, stopped staring at Catra's lips you useless, and Adora's nerves shot up. Again. She has to be asking for a divorce. This is it. Adora braced her body for impact. I just wanted to let you know that I've been on a few dates with a girl." She said haltingly. I'll let you know if it gets serious enough to tell Finn, but I thought you should have heard it from me before you heard it from one of our friends. Katra stared at the ground, the wall, anywhere but Adora. She couldn't breathe. No amount of bracing could have prepared Adora for this. Oh no. This is so much worse. A few days after Catra left to stay with Scorpia and Perfuma, they discussed separating meant being able to see other people, but Adora never thought that would actually happen. She thought it was just a thing people said. She hadn't touched any woman but Catra in over a decade. She didn't want to. How could Catra? Was she so far removed from everything, from Adora that she just wanted to start anew? It was at that moment she realized things were well and truly over between them. She took in a sharp breath, anger burning in the pit of her stomach. I okay I—I I really don't know what you want me to say Catra. Do you want my blessing? The words came out with so much vitriol that Adora almost looked around to see who delivered them. Catra took a step back, looking like she'd been burned. But she wasn't, she'd burned Adora this time. I'm just trying to be honest and show you respect Adora." She said in a controlled voice Adora assumed she thought was reasonable. Respect. Adora's temper rose even further. Wow. Thanks, Catra, I feel so respected right now, you know what, see who you want, go where you want, it clearly isn't any of my business anymore. She sneered. Adora opened the front. Dora and Catra walked through but hesitated on the porch, turning back to look at Adora. She looked at Adora with pity. She didn't wait for Katra to leave before she slammed the door shut. Now. Hey Finn, talk to your aunt for a bit, yeah. Adora had finally managed to wrangle Finn into the car, after extending their park time by ten minutes. While she had them trapped she thought it might be a good idea to have them call Mara. Yeah. Finn sounded excited at the prospect. Adora nodded and dialed Mara, putting the phone on speaker and holding it over the car's center console. Hey kid, how are you? Mara picked up the phone almost immediately. Auntie Mara. I just played with some friends and now mom and I are going home. Finn jumped in before Adora had a chance to say hi to her sister. She shook her head and let her kid take charge. Oh, Finn. That's a really cool tyke. What did you play? She asked, voice dripping in affection. Finn gave Mara a full recounting of their day and then passed the phone on to Adora. She took it off speaker after Finn said their goodbyes. Hey Mar, still have time for your sister? Adora teased, using one hand to put the phone to her ear and the other on the steering wheel. I always have time for you, kid. You sound so much happier now, I can hear it over the phone." She said softly. Adora can feel her smile. I am. I'm sorry I couldn't pick up Finn last weekend, and I didn't warn you about it. Work got crazy. She sighed and her hand tightened on the wheel. She really had to make it up to Mara. It's fine, I saw you when you dropped Finn off, and it was nice seeing Katra. Mara used that as a transition. Speaking of Adora, I know there are little ears, but you should really speak to your wife. Adora rolled her eyes. I talked to her all the time. At least once a day. Catra and Adora had picked up on texting regularly about anything and everything. You know that's not what I meant, Mara said exasperatedly. She'd been urging her to try to fix things for a while. Speaking of Adora cleared her throat, that person. Did you say anything to upset her? She couldn't shake the feeling that Mara did something that made Catra cancel their afternoon plans. I would never try to upset Catra. And if we did have a private conversation, then that's between Kit and I. I'm not a snitch. Mara sniffed. But if you care to know, maybe you should just have a chat with her. Mara insisted again, frustration seeping into her voice. Adora bit back a scoff. Her sister was so far off base that it was laughable. And even if there was some spark of interest between them, Adora couldn't be the one who upset the balance they managed to find. She wasn't the one who left, wasn't the one who wanted to be just friends. She couldn't entertain the idea that there was a possibility of more when she'd already recovered more than she ever deserved. Not that she could say all that with Finn in the back seat. If it ain't broke don't fix it March. I have to go, Finn and I are almost home. Love you. She rushed her words in an effort to get off the phone. Mara sighed, knowing when Adora was trying to evade a lecture. I love you too. Be good to my favorite nibbling. She warned. Adora rolled her eyes as she hung up. Mom, is Mama your girlfriend?" Finn suddenly piped up from the back seat. Adora caught their inquisitive stare through the rearview mirror and was glad she could keep her eyes on the road as she answered the question. Um no Finn, she isn't. Why do you ask? She wasn't expecting Finn to broach a topic like that so directly. Although, she was glad they felt like they could ask. She wished Katra was here to help field the question. You hang out a lot with Mama, and Bryce said he was Sophie's boyfriend, and they hang out a lot," Finn explained. And you were married before. They dutifully pointed out. Ah, I see. I can imagine sometimes it can be confusing, your Mama and I. She tried to sound sympathetic as she scrambled for an answer that was appropriate for an eight-year-old. Well, we're friends, Finn. We don't have a romantic relationship right now. We like to hang out platonically." Platonically? Finn's head tilted in confusion, almost leaning into the seat belt across their chest. Adora met their eyes through the rearview mirror. "'It means not romantically.' She explained. "'So, you could have a girlfriend?' Finn asked, their tone full of doubt. "'I could.' She agreed. She probably wouldn't but she could. Theoretically. And Mama could have a girlfriend." Adora kept her face neutral as her thoughts automatically drifted to Starla. Yeah, bud. She answered. So, you're just friends like me and Sophie. Finn tried again, voice filled with skepticism. Exactly. She affirmed again. But more because we're a family. Finn made the statement almost like a question. Yeah, that's true Finn. Your mama and me, we're really good friends because we're also family. Like with Auntie Glimmer and Uncle Bao. They're friends that are like family. Or Auntie Fuma and Scorpia." She explained, hoping that Finn would accept that answer. Okay, I guess that makes sense. They admitted grudgingly. So, mama isn't moving back home. Adora felt her chest tighten at how small Finn's voice sounded when they asked that question. She couldn't help but sigh longingly at the thought. I don't think so, Finny. But that doesn't mean we love you any less. She comforted me. I know. They said, looking down at their feet as they nudged the seat in front of them. Adora reached her arm back and lightly squeezed one of their calves in assurance. Do you like it better now that we're hanging out together? Or would you rather we did things like before?" She asked, genuinely curious. She waited nervously for the answer. If spending more time together was hurting Finn, then they'd have to stop no matter how much the thought made Adora tremble. Finn shook their head adamantly. No. I like it like this. You and Mama are happier, and I get to see you more. I don't want to go back to not doing things. Together." Adora's chest loosened a bit at hearing that Finn preferred how things were now. She nodded her head. Okay, that's good to know, kid. I'll make sure to let Mama know that you like family time, so we can keep doing it all right. But what we do as a family doesn't mean Mama and I are anything more than friends all right. She clarified again. She didn't want Finn to hold out hope of something that wasn't in the cards. That kind of hope wouldn't do much for either of them. Okay. They nodded looking back down at the toys they took to the park. She made a mental note to let Catra know that Finn was thinking about this. Maybe she'd call and talk to her about it later tonight. Although she knew she shouldn't, she felt warm thinking of lying in her bed, whispering on the phone to Catra like they were back in high school. As she parked in her driveway, she shot Katra another text, We missed you today. I hope your session was good. She started collecting her things from the back seat of the car when she saw Finn jump out of the car and sprint towards the house. Before she could remind them to wipe down their muddy shoes before entering the house, Finn turned the corner. She heard their squeaky voices yell, Mama, followed by a gorgeous laugh. Adora would know that laugh anywhere. Without consciously deciding to, she picked up her pace to close the distance between her and the house. And at her door was Catra, one hand full of Finn while the other had a bag of takeout. Adora felt like she got the wind knocked out of her. She pressed her foot into the gravel, trying to focus on the crunch or the weight of her boot. Anything to keep her from floating off the ground. Catra looked at her amusedly as she placed a tender kiss on Finn's head. I finished my session and I decided to grab some takeout. I thought you two might be hungry, so I grabbed extra. Figured I could surprise you with dinner." Katra's voice turned soft and tentative. I hope that's okay. Adora grinned as she unlocked the door, never taking her eyes off Catra. Of course, you know I never turned down free food. Adora jokes, hoping to disguise how lovesick she felt at the idea that Catra had thought to surprise them. Catra smirked. Of course, that's what I was banking on, princess. She teased as she made her way past Adora and into the house. Adora's stomach flip-flopped. Now that's a nickname I haven't heard in a while. Katra hadn't noticed the reaction, busy watching Finn attempt to go inside. Catra grabbed Finn by the back of their shirt before they could do that. Hey, remember to wipe your feet down before you go in, yeah? And go wash up before dinner. Finn dutifully wiped their feet and ran inside. It felt like a normal Tuesday night. Like they still lived together and loved each other and just always did this. It felt so unbelievably good. Adora turned to face Katra. Seriously, thank you. If it weren't for you, we would probably be having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches tonight." She admitted with a small laugh. Adora resisted the undeniable urge to kiss her, and instead grabbed Katra's free hand, rubbing circles with her thumb. She'd taken to doing that any time she felt like her feelings were too big to contain in her body. Catra stared back at Adora, looking like she was trying to figure out a hard math problem or sing the alphabet song backward in her head. Adora held her stare, sure her curiosity was obvious in her expression. After a moment, Katra's face cleared and turned soft. PB&J isn't a bad deal. Come on, let's go inside before the food gets cold. She said as she tilted her chin towards the door. Instead of letting go of Adora's hand Catra tugged on it, dragging her inside. Her heart swelled. Adora would keep her feelings to herself because having this, Catra bringing takeout, calling her princess, being a family again, was everything she needed, even if it wasn't everything she wanted. It would have to be enough.